Welcome to Christ Church Anglican. We hope that you are blessed by today's sermon. Friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I want to thank all of you who prayed for me the last couple of weeks. I, I uh, woke up on Sunday morning uh, two weeks ago with uh, kind of an unexpected health thing and uh, went to the hospital and they took care of me. Now I'm back home on the men. So thank you and thank God for healing. Thank you. You might want to wait till you hear this before. So I love this story uh, about a married couple. I love stories like this. Kind of goes back to my counseling days. Uh, married couple had a quarrel, and they ended up giving each other the silent treatment. After a week of silence, the man realized that he needed his wife's help. In order uh, to catch a flight for a business meeting, he needed to get up the next morning at 5 a.m. And he wasn't a very good waker-upper. Um, so not wanting to be the first to break the silence, he wrote her a note and he left it on her nightstand beside the bed. The note simply said, please wake me at 5 a.m. Next morning, he awoke and his wife wasn't there. She wasn't in bed. It was nine o'clock and his flight was long gone. He had missed it, and he was angry. And so he's about to get up and go find her and demand an apology when he noticed a note on his nightstand. And the note simply read, it's 5 a.m., wake up. <laughs> the sermon today is about forgiveness. It's about forgiveness. In the gospel lesson, Peter came to Jesus and asked for some guidelines about forgiveness. He asked the Lord, Lord, if a member of the church sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? Seven times? Thinking that was like an inordinate amount of times to forgive. But Peter's question is filled with implications for all of us today. By his question, Peter implies there should be some sort of limit top limit or governor <laughs> placed on uh, the amount of forgiveness that we give to someone who sins against us. Notice Peter doesn't say to the Lord, how many times will you forgive me when I sin? He's just thinking about people who have wronged him. He's not looking for any guidelines or limitations that, that the Lord might place on his offering of forgiveness. So, Jesus responded to Peter's question, not seven times, but I tell you, 77 times. Another place in the scripture, it's, uh, it's translated as 70 times seven. So the number doesn't really matter whether it's 77 or 490 times because Jesus wasn't setting an arbitrary limit. What Jesus is saying here to Peter and to all of us today is as freely as Jesus has forgiven you, you go 
and freely forgive other people. And then Jesus goes into a parable about forgiveness. A servant owed his king about 10,000 talents. Now, uh, I looked this up because I wondered how much money that was. And a talent, I found, is equivalent to about 1,000 US dollars today. So $10,000 would be $10 million in today's terms. And when I, when I saw that, I thought, well, what king would ever give a servant that much money, right? Or loan him that much money. But although that's connected with the issue, it's not the main issue here. So the day came and the king was ready to settle accounts and he had the debtor brought to him. And when he heard that the debtor was unable to pay, like, duh, right? I mean, $10 million and he's a servant. He was gonna sell him, sell his family, sell all his possessions and the horse he rode in on, right? In order to satisfy or at least partially satisfy his debt, the huge debt. The servant fell on his knees and began to beg for mercy to the king. In response to the man's pleading, the king did this surprisingly generous thing. I mean, it's like, it's off the charts. He just said, okay, I'll forgive you the debt. And he forgave the man's debt and he set him free. Brothers and sisters, I believe this king is an example of the gracious, merciful God that we serve every day. You know, um, the height and depth and width of God's grace and mercy is greater than we could ever hope for or imagine. Because of our sin, we are debtors to God. And like the servant in the story, our debt to God is greater than we even realize. It's, it's a debt that's so big that it's unpayable by us. It's a burden that we can't satisfy with God. I love the language from right one of our liturgy where it says, the burden of our sin is intolerable. We should say that more, right? Because it's the reality. The burden of our sin is intolerable. A person who can say that sincerely is a person that understands their sin debt. It's intolerable. Yet God is full of grace and mercy. And when we confess our sin, he forgives us and sets us free. It's like a surprisingly generous response from God for you and for me. Um, the scriptures are so clear about this, this forgiveness that God gives uh, by his grace to all of us, that you can, find, you can find quotations in the scripture over and over about this. Uh, I just picked a couple, the one from 1 John chapter one. Uh, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then the beautiful words of scripture that describes this in such a wonderfully poetic way, it could only come from the mouth of the Father. Uh, in Psalm 103 that we heard this morning, where the writer wrote, God does not treat us as our sins deserve, 
nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love for those who fear him. And as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. You know, um, the Lord's grace is more than we can even hope for or imagine. And he gives his grace and his forgiveness freely to all who call on his name. And even though it's given freely, it came at a great cost. It wasn't free, he just offers it freely because the cost was that he loved you so much that while you and I were yet sinners, he sent his only begotten son to shed his blood on a cross and give his life so that we might be freed of our sin debt to him and be in a restored relationship eternally with him. You know, today, if you're struggling under your sin and it's intolerable for you, just go to the Father. He is so willing and eager to give you the forgiveness that you desire and to restore you and free you from the debt of that sin. Now back to the story, the gospel story, the man who had been set free from the $10 million debt immediately went out and found another servant who owed him, the scripture says, a hundred denarii. Now a hundred denarii is somewhere around the equivalent of $20. $20. Now, how do you think about that? He had just been set free because he asked forgiveness for a $10 million debt. And now this poor guy owes him 20 bucks. And what does the servant who's been forgiven do? He goes and he grabs him by the neck, it says, and demands full payment for the debt that's owed to him. He received mercy for a debt of 10 million, but he demanded justice for a $20 debt. The debtor who owed the $20 fell to his knees and pleaded. That had to somehow ring a bell in this other guy, right? I mean, because he had just gone from that position before the king. And now this man was on his knees before him. But our man in the story who had been set free refused to give what had been freely given to him and he threw the debtor into prison. I hate to say it, but I think that we are more like the unforgiving servant than we like to admit. I know I can be at times. I hope I'm not alone in that. Uh, you know, when we sin, of course we want mercy and forgiveness. But when someone sins against us or wrongs us in some way, we want justice. We want justice. And we don't want to just get even, we want to get ahead, right? We want them to pay even more. It's like punitive damages, right? You know, I think part of the problem is that 
Too many times we just don't understand the whole issue of forgiveness. We look at forgiveness as kind of like a feeling in a way. I learned this when I was doing counseling for a living. There's really only four basic human feelings that God created us with. Four feelings, mad, sad, glad, and scared. Anything else is like a degree of that. Mad, sad, glad, and scared. And, uh, and a lot of times, though, we look at forgiveness as sort of a feeling. We say things like, you know, I don't feel like forgiving them yet. And so it's a feeling. Or when I'm done being angry, then I'll, be, then I'll forgive. What we don't realize is that forgiveness is not really a feeling at all. Forgiveness is a choice. It's a choice or a decision that we make. It's a choice or a decision that God made when he offered his son for us. He, choose, he chose to forgive. And we are, to get, we are to forgive too because we've been forgiven. And because, honestly, Jesus told us to. He said forgive, you know? So there's that, right? Jesus says forgive. And, you know, our, our hurt feelings and our anger or resentment against someone who's hurt us or sinned against us won't, don't have a chance to change until we make that decision to forgive. Some think that unforgiveness is some sort of uh, form of punishment against the other person who's wronged you. Um, but the truth is unforgiveness is like a prison. It's like a prison that locks you up emotionally and spiritually. The unforgiving man in the story lost his freedom at the end of the story himself and was thrown into prison because he didn't forgive what he had been forgiven. Unforgiveness is a cruel bondage. Unforgiveness will rob you of life and joy and freedom. I heard a person say one time that unforgiveness is like the height of self-righteousness. If you think about that, God has forgive, freely forgiven you. You didn't deserve it. God gave his son to pay your sin debt. And he did that all out of love and grace. And then when we don't forgive, even though we've been forgiven, it's like we have a higher standard than God does. That's like the ultimate self-righteousness, isn't it? If I'm putting myself above God, there's a whole line of commandments that that breaks. Um, holding ourselves to a higher standard than God, that's a scary thing. God calls us to respond to his forgiveness by being forgiving to those around us. Max Lucado says this, when you start holding grudges and making a list of people who have wronged you and hanging on to it, Max Lucado says, remember, no one person could have possibly offended you more than you've already offended God. <laughs> Isn't that great? And it's so true. And yet God gives abundant grace and mercy and forgiveness to those who call on the name of his son. So today, whether you need forgiveness or whether you need to offer forgiveness, the answer is the same. Come to Jesus. He'll forgive you for the burden of your sin and he'll lift that burden and set you free. 
And if you need to offer forgiveness to someone and you're struggling with that, just go to the Lord and be honest about it. Say, Lord, help me to give to this person what you so freely given to me. Ask him to take the burden of your sin either way and give you the power and the freedom to forgive. You know, Jesus always will give you everything you need. Freely, you have been forgiven by God. Now go and forgive one another. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for tuning in. For more information, feel free to visit us online at ccanglican.com. We hope you will join us again soon.